welcome back to the Classy Chicks podcast. Hello, everyone. It is, we're recording on a Friday today um, in the morning, which is kind of more typical of what we used to do. We're kind of trying to get back into that schedule, so <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, at least before the episode's actually supposed to come out. <laughs> right, right, instead of Monday morning. Uh, but anyway, if you hear dogs in the background, um, my roommate's boyfriend has these two little cute dogs who sometimes we watch for them when like he's out of town. And I love it because I love dogs and I miss having pets, but um, they don't really like when I'm on Zoom meetings for some reason. So that's what that dog noise is. <laughs> that's so weird. If you hear any like water dripping, it's because they're in our basement. I don't know what it is, but it's some sort of pipe and it always is spilling oh, yeah. water. So basements always, you always hear this like dripping, this like the, the weird sounds in the wall because that's where all the pipes are. Yeah. Super weird. So if you hear that, but you shouldn't because guess what? My mic is working. So good. <laughs> sounds good. It's got the green light on. <laughs> yep. It does. And it's connected. Everything. We're good. That's good. All right. Well, let's get started uh, with our classy interacting moments. I have to think of something trashy. I got something classy. Okay, what's your classy moment? So um, back in like August or July, I can't remember which month, I made this like just in case baby box is what I called it. And it was basically if I ever came across a woman who needed something like on the spot, I could always be like, okay. hey, I am actually pro-life. I have a box of diapers in my car or I have baby items or something along those lines. And um, anyways, it is May now. So that was August. So it's been like 10 months and, um, and I'm driving yesterday and I see a lady on the side of the road with some sign that I couldn't read, but she had a baby with her. Um, it was something like, I just need diapers for my baby or something along those lines. And so anyways, I pulled over and I gave it to her and she was very grateful. And now I have to go buy another baby box because I actually used this one. Um, but I'm excited that I actually used it and it actually helped somebody in and did what it was intended to do um which I was oh, that, really happy about. that's beautiful yeah that's awesome um yeah I remember when you I remember when you posted about that but I had never heard of you like used it or anything so that's really good yeah it was really encouraging to like actually use it and now I'm going to get another one which means I can make another video of me getting another box and kind of tell that story so mm-hmm. I yeah I'm excited about it that's good well that's a really good classy moment thank you um my classy moment is that I have like I've been gone for like the past two months basically and um I've been home for a couple days this week and I've been trying to kind of like get my life in order I sent like a big box of stuff to my back to my family I've been like sending out packages that I've needed to to that's what happens when you like don't live near your friends when they have birthdays or anything you have to mail the stuff to them and for some reason I hate going to the post office so I got a lot of that done this week I got a lot of like packages sent out um stuff clean out my car clean out kind of my room clean so that was really nice and then I'm leaving later this afternoon to go camping so I'm gonna be gone again sounds thrilling and busy and exciting I don't even know what my trashy moment is um do you have one um I've got one it was a joke it was kind of funny though um so I went up to Milwaukee the other night um to visit my boyfriend and they he likes to go to this thing called Koryezu and it's basically like youth night of Milwaukee at this church so they have adoration for an hour and then they have mass and then they have like a congregating kind of yeah they had that near us too I think oh really well anyways it was really nice and I liked it a lot um but anyways we get out of 
mass and adoration and everything. My phone's at 27%. I'm like, this doesn't make sense because it was at like 80 before I went into church. I'm like, what is going on? And my camera and Snapchat were on the entire time I was in adoration. The entire time. Oh my gosh. So like your phone was just like open to it? Yeah, it was just open. Like I had it in my back pocket, but it looked right. like you're like, oh, were you on your phone during adoration? I'm like, no. But anyway, so my screen time was crazy that day. Because it was just... Oh yeah, and you're like it was just on screen time now, so that's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really funny. funny. That's never like happened to me where my phone's like been constantly on. Normally, like something. Normally, mine like automatically turns off. But I guess if it's on the camera, it doesn't automatically turn off. Yeah, I have no idea why I did it automatically turn off because it'll automatically turn off when I'm like using it for maps, and then like I don't use it for maps, and it won't automatically turn off. I'm like, what is going on? I'm, like when I need you to stay on, you don't. And when I don't want you on, you stay on. Yeah, that's strange. Rude technology Mm -hmm. um my trashy moment is that I know what my trashy moment is so yesterday so I've been like loving to make stuff with my sourdough discard so like that the stuff that you would throw out from sourdough is actually still like good to use and you can use it to make like battery stuff so like pancakes or like did I make the I made pancakes when you were there I think they were really good like um like we made like like brownies before so Mm -hmm. I made banana bread yesterday and for some Ooh. reason in my head, I was thinking, I don't know what I was thinking, because in no world does banana bread cook this fast, but I was thinking it was going to take like 30 minutes to cook. And then I had like a bunch of meetings. Well, this banana bread took like an hour and 30 minutes to cook. And I kept checking it because I was like, I had like, I didn't have the directions anymore. I was just like assuming when it was going to be done. So I kept getting up during my meeting and I was like, sorry guys, I'm just checking on my banana bread during my like <laughs> two meetings that I had. And I, it was. I mean, it wasn't terrible. Did the banana bread burn though? No, it didn't burn. It was okay. So you're so you're in the clear. I took it out at the perfect time, and it was really really good. See, I don't have the patience for like the loaf of banana bread, so I just do banana bread muffins. See, I haven't made a loaf in so long that I for totally forgot. I should have just done muffins because it takes not muffins take thirty minutes. Exactly. That's probably what I was thinking about. Okay. Uh, Anyway, um, anyway. We have gotten some questions and there's been some just general ones because last week we were like, we want to do an episode on questions. Um, I mean, there were some just general ones that we can talk about first. And then one really interesting one I thought was um, people were asking about the connection between rock and roll and abortion, like rock and roll, the music and abortion. And I was looking into it. And well, this was just one person asking this, obviously. Um, not, nobody was gonna ask this specific of a question twice, but um I didn't necessarily find a connection between rock and roll and abortion, but I found some connections with rock and roll and the sexual revolution that were very strange that I did not know about. So maybe, but before that, I mean, they were just asking us to talk about like drugs, and we've never really like talked about drugs on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> None of us like really do drugs. But- I don't know. Let's just like touch on that a little bit. Like what were our first experiences with drugs? You know, like our first, don't give me that look. You know what I mean? Like our first, like, oh, like what, like what is a drug? And then how does that play into our life? Because right now, I mean, we're doing a lot of stuff with like pharmacies and the abortion pills. Which oh, totally. Totally. Drugs. So I don't know. Let's talk about that a little bit. It just sounds like a really funny way to put it. Let's talk about our first experience in drugs, like as if I've ever gotten high. 
No, like our first oh, experience that's funny. with drugs, like our first our first experience yeah. of learning about what it is, you know? Oh gosh. Um I don't know when I necessarily learned about drugs. I mean, the joke is always when I'm on my period and I take Advil. I'm like, oh, I gotta go take my drugs. But like that's about it. But I will say, um, when the Walgreens CVS, you know, issue happened with the abortion pill saying that they were gonna, you know, dispense it and everything. Um, earlier that morning, I had stopped at uh, Walgreens on my way to work to get Advil and mm-hmm. the Advil was locked up. And I thought, that's really interesting. I really? guess I mean, whatever. Yeah, it was Advil? locked up. It, like, yeah, I couldn't get so anyways, I had to go get a helper or whatever. And, and they were like, why do you need this? I'm like, I got cramps. Leave me alone. Okay. What? I don't want to be here. Anyways. um. So yeah, the Advil was locked up and then I went to work, which was at Pro-Life Action Link at the time. And I was like angry. I was like, the flippant Advil was locked up. Who does that? And like, just kind of ranting to my grandma. Um, And then she tells me, well, my my uncle comes in. He's like, yeah, so this thing happened with Walgreens and he tells us all that fun stuff. And I'm like, are you flipping kidding me? So I can't get my Advil because my grandma told me it was because it's a it's an addiction. People can get addicted to it, and like they don't want people getting addicted to painkillers, so they lock them up to kind of regulate it. Which like I don't know how that makes any difference. I don't know like, you how that they'll easily get a ton of Advil. They're not checking your purchase history, so I was like, okay. Um. Anyways, I was like, oh, okay. So I can't get my Advil without getting it unlocked. Um. But it is no problem if people would want to go to Walgreens and get the abortion pill. So that would say that is like my biggest experience with any form of a drug. Other than that, if we're talking about drugs like getting high, I just stay away from them. Right. I know, and that's interesting. And I know that you just stay away from them. But yeah. I mean, obviously, I do too. Um. But (laughs) yes. But I think that it's important to, to, you know, to talk about it, to talk about the why, because I feel like we just always hear, we like, oh, I don't do drugs, you know, I don't do drugs. But I, I want to talk about how, like, when I first learned about it, it was through like that, that program that everybody had, like, don't do drugs program. I don't remember what it was called. Dare. Dare. It's, it's called Dare. And they have you go through it in fifth grade when Hope was homeschooled, so she doesn't know. When you go to public mm-hmm. school, they have you go through it. I don't think I actually went through it because I was like in between moving houses when I was in fifth grade, but a lot of my friends did. And we, you know, we talked about it a lot more in high school and it was just, it was such a far out thing for me. It was like, it was, we were learning about, it was the only test that I ever failed in high school was the the test on like what drugs do what, which I think is kind of dumb that they have you take because it actually like informs people on what drugs make you feel happy I think it was kind of dumb in general for them to have all high schoolers take that but my point is it was the only test I ever failed and it was just very it was like in high school the kids who um you know the kids who were more of like the slackers I don't I don't know a nice way to say it they did drugs you know they but the drugs quote-unquote drugs as in like they did weed you know and probably some other stuff that I didn't know about that was about the extent of it well, now you get into the adult world and now um, weed is being almost normalized in a lot of like corporate workplaces. Like, you know, it's not this taboo thing to talk about. It's, oh, yeah. Oh, it, it, you know, it, you're going to smoke a little weed after work. Like, it, it's a normalized thing. Um, and so it's like, it's kind of like a whole different discussion now because I think that, I think that people can get, um, can like not understand like some people some like you know Christian Catholic young adults can like 
go into this and be like, oh, is it just, is it just normal now because it's legalized? When you have to actually look, look into what, you know, if before you're going to do weed or consider doing that, you have to look into like what it does to you and why that might not be ideal. So, right. Well, cause like I, I stay away from it because I don't want to lose control over my actions. And I know that weed or drugs or whatever can, I sound so uninformed. Wow. Um, can, can alter kind of like, you know, the way that you act and everything. And so somebody might say, okay, well then why are you okay with drinking? And I was like, because there is that in-between spot with drinking. With drinking, you can drink a little bit, know your tolerance. As soon as you start getting tipsy, you shut it down. Um, but with drugs, there's, there is no intentional in-between at all. Like it's just, it just is getting high from my understanding, which is little, well, um, right and the thing that the the big difference and like we're talking about this as people who you know have not really uh had any that much but but we need to know like at least a little bit about it so that we can talk to people about it um the the difference to me uh between um you know drinking like between alcohol and um weed is that alcohol is most likely in small doses is not gonna like permanently damage anything right it's not like it's it's toxic to your body to drink a glass of wine you know people have been doing this for for ages it's not it's not gonna it's not gonna um delete your brain cells it's not gonna do that well cannabis weed actually messes with your brain like it actually makes you forget things it will make you feel confused it will like that's like the purpose of it and people like that because they want to escape from reality and so I think that's the main thing with drugs is that a lot especially the uh what's it called the 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 ones that that like calm you down or whatever people like that because it's an escape from reality whereas social drinking is not an escape from reality it's like a social thing that you do with people it's like very two very different things it's one is for people who want to like escape the world who have like you know a life that they that they can't handle right now and one is for people who who are just socializing you know it's just it's a social activity so um I think that would be kind of my main comments and why I don't choose to uh, smoke cannabis as in, you know, the, the, the technical. I don't even know the proper terms for it. Cannabis, cannabis is um, what we would call weed basically. Um, So that's, I mean, I'm not even going to get into the, the harder drugs like cocaine and that kind of stuff. We know why that is wrong. That literally messes you up. It's the whole thing to remember is your body is a temple of the Holy spirit and anything that's going to actually harm that, you should not be putting into it. I mean, this literally goes back to like non-toxic makeup, right? I was listening to this whole podcast yesterday about how it's more ideal to use non-toxic makeup because makeup in the first like 30 seconds it's on your skin, your skin absorbs it. And so, you know, that's toxins as well, just like drugs. Not that toxic makeup is probably as bad as drugs because it's not purposeful like your intent is not purposeful but it's just keeping in mind that our bodies are a temple of the holy spirit and obviously neither of us are perfect i eat way too much crappy food lately that's been a thing that i've been struggling with is just like eating way too much fast food with so much chemicals it probably shouldn't even be labeled food but it goes back to trying to remember that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So I think that's what this all comes down to in regards to drugs. We're not experts. We're not going to do a whole podcast on like which drugs do what, like what drugs 
because I don't think that's necessary. I think it's just like, hey, like, is this going to make you a better person or is this going to like dampen all your senses? And if it's going to dampen your senses, why do you want to engage in it? So, yeah, no, I agree. And I just, I like being in control, um, even though sometimes life does get hard. Like we literally have an obligation to be in control of our bodies. Yeah. So, I mean, there, you know, there, I, I could, I could understand why people be like, oh, I'm really anxious. Let me like take something to relax or whatever. But I also know that that there are other ways to kind of cope with it. Like, for example, I was like, you know, I get super anxious, but when I get anxious, I try and just like exercise or do something I genuinely enjoy, like sewing or reading or talking with somebody on the phone or even just working sometimes helps me. And so there are things you can do. And I think that it's good for our mental like state to just like go and do something else. And yeah, you could say that it's like, oh, let me distract my brain from, you know, this, you know, emotion of anxiousness, but that's okay. Um, because it passes, it comes in waves. And if you can get pop, if you can kind of power through that wave of anxiety, then it'll be fine. But you should never have something that you crutch on to get through it. Right. And um, I, I don't think that we should. So with anxiety there, I mean, there is medical marijuana that I don't know a whole ton about. And I do know that people actually, you know, take this for, for anxiety. And I don't think that we should necessarily touch that on it unless you know more than I do. Uh, because I do think like when doctors do prescribe something when I, oh yeah no when doctors prescribe it like this is a different game. I'm talking this is recreational yeah no I'm talking not doctor prescribed I'm talking mm-hmm. like on your own terms going and getting some sort of you know drug on your own to I don't know I'm not very I'm not very versed in the topic but if a doctor prescribes something trust your doctor well do some research and sometimes you. Yeah, <laughs> in our say, some doctors are concerning but for the most part no doctor says you need to get an abortion no some other things for your health you know you can trust i could see yeah i'm not well versed on like medication for mental illness but yeah we're not talking about anything that regard in regards to mental illness disclaimer we're talking about recreational right now yeah so i'm just saying like if you are a person who tends to get more anxious i would not recommend i mean again like i don't know much about this i just i personally would never risk that and then I just to try and get over the wave of anxiousness I just do things that help me get through it such as we should have someone we should have someone on who I don't even know who who would who it would be but you know like some like you know there's got to be if you guys know anyone like put it in the comments or something but like a, a, a catholic speaker on cannabis you know on like on like that because it's so it's so relevant in our culture right now like it's coming it's it's so much more, it's almost seen as the same thing as drinking, you know, not the same thing, but like the same level. So we should find somebody who knows more about it because as you guys can see, all we know is the basics of like, why it's not ideal. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Cause like I said, I know like nothing about it. And if you've done your research and you're like, oh yeah, this really helps me, then like go for it. I'm just telling you what I personally would do for myself. But yeah. But anyway, so that's our little uh, drug talk. Um, <laughs> you know, they asked us to talk about sex as well, but we talk about that a lot in the ways that that we can. You know, it's what would we talk about? We've already we. If you guys want to hear about, you know, sexual ethics, you should listen to our podcast. <laughs> well, a few of them actually, but one of our first ones that I loved was the the chastity versus purity culture. 
this was like yeah back at the beginning so I, that's what i would recommend listen to i feel track. like that one was a good one despite the fact that we recorded it in your car that was a good no it was a good one we talk about kind of the difference between this like toxic purity culture that that blames everything on the girl and and makes a girl basically well up with all this guilt and then chastity culture which is the guy and the girl working together to be better you know and to follow their through dating engagement and even through marriage so i would i would listen to that um yeah if you i mean if you're married and you want to know more about catholic views on sex i guess um maybe listen to the what in the day podcast they don't talk a whole ton about it but they touch on it sometimes so maybe maybe listen to that one um but then i think we should get into the whole rock and roll do you know the history of rock and roll at all hope no nothing so i the all i knew so somebody asked how is how is rock and roll connected with abortion and i was kind of confused but I know that like years ago I remember my mom talking about how um rock and roll like like the the beat and the not necessarily the lyrics but like more the beat of it was fueled by the sexual revolution like that's when it started and there was a lot of like dirty dancing that went along with it and all this stuff so I was like well I'll look into it a little bit more and I found this really good article that was um you know pretty unbiased but it just It's just an opinion article that says how music fueled the sexual revolution. And it talks about how, do you know what rock and roll means? Mm -mm. Rock and roll, it's like a slang term for the sexual act. That's literally what that means. That's, that's what it was founded to mean. And, um, so basically the first, the first, the sexual revolution of the 1960s, right. That we talk about a lot was founded upon the idea that women have the same sexual appetites as men, okay? Like, you know, starting the whole women are the same as men thing. And, um, but before then, a little bit before then in the 1950s, the dance floor, like when people would go out and dance, it became the only place where sexual desire could be expressed freely. So when people, so people could dance provocatively and it wouldn't be looked down upon. If they did something like that in normal, you know, in the streets, like today it's whatever, people don't care. But if they did that back then, people would very much frown upon it. So people went to the dance floor. So rock and roll was originally a slang term for sex. Um, and actually, Elvis Prevlet, Elvis Presley, um, who I actually like a lot of his music, but he was one of the first people to make the dancing, the the sexuality of dancing on the dance floor like a thing. He was very controversial in that way, but that's one of the ways that he was so big was that he did that. Um, He did a lot of like hip thrusting and stuff like that, right? So mm. there were a lot of big publications that said that he was untalented and vulgar, but he his kind of music was really appealing to young people. So that's kind of like how, how um, and, and, and it encouraged young people to like dance more sexually, rock and roll did. That's the his, That's like the foundation of rock and roll. Obviously, now most people don't know that rock and roll means sex. Like it's gotten very different. Um, but I think I mean that that's an important history lesson, kind of that. Um, through the sexual revolution, the dance, the dance and music that came through the sexual revolution, right? It, we can infer that that it was probably not the greatest during that time, but it actually was. It actually was the only place where people of that time were like 
you know, wanted to express the sexual act and do all this stuff on the dance floor with the music. So I think that's an interesting thing to learn. Yeah, and how it ties into, you know, abortion and everything. That's really interesting. I guess I've never really put much thought into it. I just don't like the music. I don't think it's good, but um, that might just be me. Um, But a lot of rock and roll bands kind of look, I mean, now that you you think about it, they they kind of look creepy, you know? And, like, that would make sense. It is really devastating how back in the 1960s, it was just, like, such a drastic change um in in regards to sex and chastity and things like that um you know that really harmed our society and something that we need to like you know work against because because of that um you know Maya talked about it a bit a couple episodes ago how you know birth control came from that and everything and how birth control has harmed our society and marriage and how the you know the fall of marriage has harmed our society the fall of the family that has harmed our society um and and it is really heartbreaking um and it's something i've been looking into more recently is just how abortion as a whole has harmed a society in so many different ways for a project that i'm working on right now um there's a lady i was speaking with and she uh she used to work as like a planned parenthood sex educator and she was saying how abortion or sorry parents are a barrier to service and how they don't want the parents involved at all and if they could go in and unteach the children everything that their parents taught them then they would have a customer for life and so their thing was to break apart the family so that they could get more money um i'll share more about that later um anyways it was just it was really heartbreaking and it's so true, though, like they have really tried to destroy the family. The um, family is kind of what our society is based on in between gay marriage and abortion and birth control, um, contraception as a whole. And like this odd kind of, oh, we're not going to get married, but we can have kids together kind of thing, like intentionally um, has really hurt our society. And it all kind of stems from that sexual sexual revolution back in the 1960s. And so seeing another way that has really hurt our society is just kind of frustrating. Um, yeah, it's like everything, not, if you look at so much, I mean, the more we look into, I'm reading this book right now called Love Thy Body. I think I've talked about it in past episodes because I read it like three months ago and now I'm doing a book club with it. So I'm reading it again. And it's it looks like this and it's a pretty big book, but it's literally the sexual revolution, um, like, purity chastity abortion like how this all intertwines homosexuality um what else obviously abortion but it's how this all intertwines and how this and even like body image and how this comes to today and I think it's funny because like a year ago if you had said I don't I don't know if you'd agree with this hope but like a year and a half ago you know when we were talking to like some pro-life organizations in America you know about like oh maybe we should address more like the whole culture of life you know like like talk about the sexual revolution talk about the breakdown of the family they were like no our issue is abortion that's it right I don't know if you ever encountered that hope um I think it kind of depends because you can get this like I forget what it's called but where you're focused on too many things um and it's like well that's different that's different you're talking about I mean, I understand what you're saying. A lot of people say that the pro-life movement should be focused on, like, ending poverty, ending 
foster care, whatever. But oh. um, that's like, that's, a, I know what you're talking about. It's like, it's deviation from your goal. But this is finding where the goal came from, you know, finding the roots of the cause. So this is different. This is like going back instead of moving forward. Um, because, but I remember talking like, you know, a year and a half ago to some product organizations about focusing, you know, a little bit more on like, like where this came from, like, why do we have so much abortion? And it was very, it was, it was, uh, very much like, no, we're not, we're not going to do that. Our issue is abortion. Now, when you talk to these organizations, um, I won't name specific names, but they're so eager. They're so eager to be like, yes, we need to be talking more about this. We need to be talking more about this sexual ethics. We need to talk about more about, um, you know, um, like what it actually means to have a nuclear family. And I think it's, I think it's like a, it's caused a lot of growth in the pro-life movement because we're actually willing to look back and see where this came from instead of putting on these blinders of this is just ending abortion. Like that's like where it starts and ends. You know what I mean? We need to, I understand that we need to not deviate from our purpose, which is to end abortion, but we need to see where that came from. Why do we have so much abortion in America? You know? Yeah, no, I could see that for sure. Um, and I think that if you start tracing it back, okay, where did abortion come from? Okay, it's lack of birth control. Okay, where did birth control come from? Oh, it's sleeping outside of marriage. Okay, where did sleeping outside of marriage come from? And you can go down the line and you're going to trace it all the way back to the fall of Adam and Eve. So, you know, it's it's going to be, I, I don't really know what the key is to fighting abortion. Obviously, these things need to ta- be talked about and it needs to be talked about where we um, really fight to you know, restore sanctity in life. And that's all life. And that includes sex and marriage and all that. Yeah. But I have no idea how to do it. Um, And so what I do know how to do is fight abortion. And so that's what I'm focusing on because I know how to do that. But it doesn't mean that those other conversations don't come up. Yeah, I think we disagree on this topic a little bit. I think we need to fight abortion by fighting the root cause. You don't fight a cause by just like... Well, then what is the root cause? The root cause is no respect for life, and that can be helped by education. Well, no, I think I agree that there's this selfish kind of no respect for life. Um, And and I think that that is like everyone. But I think that if you can't respect life in the womb at the very, very beginning, you can't respect life later on. So how are we going to ever respect each other if we don't even respect life in the womb? Oh, no, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yeah. So that's why I think that... Yeah. I mean, education is a huge part of it for sure. And then that, that is huge to me. So I see that being a big thing. And, 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 and I think that we will never really have the key because everyone, everyone has the key to end abortion. Like, Oh, this is how we're going to end abortion. Oh, this is what we need to do. And I think that there are so many different things that will end abortion. Um, and everyone kind of needs to work hard at what they know how to do. Um, I think education is huge. I think bringing awareness to, um, the effects of birth control, bringing awareness to the effects of sex outside of marriage, bringing aware to the blessings of saving sex for marriage and being open to life. And then also educating people on how to kind of navigate those situations would be huge. But I don't know enough of those topics to focus on them. So with me and my organization, our focus is helping people do the small things for the movement. Um, yeah. yeah. And, and that comes in, in so many different ways. And it could totally be sex education in a pro-life way you're right everyone has a different focus for sure yeah but there's i don't think there's a right answer maybe there is to what a right answer to what ending abortion 
Right. I mean, I think it, well, I think the answer is that it comes down to a respect for life, how we're going to teach people that. And the, the answer is education, but how, well, that's the goal. The goal how is we teach people that everyone has a different way. Yours is by doing simple, simply pro-life things, you know? Yeah. Well, because I think the goal is restoring the dignity in all human life from conception mm-hmm. till natural death. I think that is the pro-life goal, but it's how do we, how do we get to that goal? And I think there's a million different avenues to get there. Mm-hmm. I agree. Or maybe there is one right answer, but we'll never, or maybe, maybe one person will find out and maybe that person will be the same. That's and that'll be amazing. philosophical mood this morning. Ha huh? <laughs> Maybe, maybe. I don't know. It got me thinking. Hmm. But anyway, so the short answer to like, what is the connection between uh, rock and roll and abortion is that there is a large connection between rock and roll and the sexual revolution because that's when it basically came about. So mm-hmm. maybe not that we have to like stop listening to rock and roll. I don't really listen to rock and roll, so I don't really know. But yeah. maybe just uh, keep keep an eye keep, on what the lyrics yeah. are, you know? <laughs> Be aware of the lyrics. I think that you should be aware of the lyrics in any song that you're listening to. Mm-hmm. even yeah. country songs have some dirty songs man That's even true. the amazing oh, thomas sure. red has some dirty songs oh your songs are incredibly dirty sometimes yeah and you don't realize it and then you're singing it and then you're like hmm, hmm. all right i guess i know <laughs> well anyway we will end here um send in more questions if you have them but we will see you guys next week